Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Fashion Guru Podcast. My name is Bill Daly, and I am fortunate and grateful to be your host today. Today is a great day to make a difference, and we are glad that you have joined us. I'm really excited about today's show, and I know you will be as well. My guest has become a fellow sartorialist and trusted advisor to me as I navigate this fashion world and my personal fashion journey, and to help other men be the best version of themselves in this space as well. Please help me welcome Levi Elliott. Thanks for having me, Bill. I'm really excited and honored to be able to be here today. Well, thank you, Levi. I appreciate your willingness to join us and share some of your unique wisdom with our listeners. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of what we are going to talk about today, maybe I'll just give you a few minutes to share where you're from, what you do, what you know, what got you into this uh, crazy field of fashion, and uh, and then we'll start to share some of the very cool things that I'm excited about. So, take it sure. away. So currently I live in Plymouth, Indiana, which is about two hours straight north of Indianapolis. Or for all of my Notre Dame fans, we're about 20 minutes east of uh, Notre Dame or South Bend, Indiana. Uh, I've kind of bounced around a little bit in my career. I grew up here in Plymouth, small town. We've got about 10,000 people or so. But um, after high school, I moved to Chicago and I lived in Chicago for a while. After Chicago, I moved to Hickory, North Carolina, which is about an hour from Charlotte. And then from there, uh, my wife and I moved to uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, and then finally two years ago, we moved back here to Plymouth. Uh, I am a funeral director originally, and that is kind of the the nature of where I got started in some of this stuff. Um, I had to learn very quickly how to dress and how to do that in a professional and um, I I guess professional and clean manner uh, to kind of make up for my age. I started in the funeral industry at 15. I uh, graduated high school early. I graduated college early, and then I was very quickly made to be a uh, manager of a 700 call plus funeral home. So uh, my age worked against me in a lot of ways, uh, being so young, and people took that for inexperience or lack of professionalism. And I learned about the power of clothing and uh, setting myself apart in that way. And then shoes were just kind of the natural progression of things from there. Hmm. That is very interesting. And I always love, because I always find out things that I did not know uh, when I get to interview people, and that's pretty exciting. Uh, I was going to ask you, is your wife originally from Plymouth, too? How did you meet her? No, she's not, actually. I, well, if you want to know the whole story, it depends on how long we have, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, no, so... I grew up here in Plymouth, and my wife, her family, they are Southern Gospel singers, so they travel and they sing um, across the country and then, uh, you know, up into Canada, and they do cruises and things like that. But um, it's really funny. I tease that we're the closest thing to an arranged marriage you can get because (laughs) um, my grandparents on both sides and her dad's grandparents, um, they knew each other, and then, of course, my parents knew her parents, and then we kind of grew up being friends. Um, because she is from South Carolina, so we are 13 hours apart most of our life, and I was three and a half years older than her, so growing up, you know, when you're 12 years old, a nine-year-old's not really the person you want to hang out with, and we went a few years, and it wasn't until I was in college that we then saw each other again, and at that point, the age difference doesn't quite mean the same thing once, you know, everyone's older and stuff, so we started talking, 
uh, we talked and then dated and we dated for two years before we got married. Um, and then this year will be our fourth year of being married. We got married down in Asheville, North Carolina. And then when we moved, uh, we moved, of course, to Indianapolis and here, which I left out. I'm actually currently now I'm a funeral home consultant. So what I do is I help with the large, uh, more publicized funerals. And then my day-to-day is I am a private school administrator. So that's kind of the hop that I made, and it's been a been a unique change, uh, but it was the way that we felt that God was leading our lives at the time, so that's where we've gone. That's fantastic. So other than that, what do you do for to keep yourself busy? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> between, between, <laughs> between the school and between funeral directing, of course, I do shoes. Uh, quite a bit and then um, I've got you know it, it my wife gives me a hard time I'm not good at sitting still so I enjoy um, we enjoy traveling together but I enjoy hiking I enjoy spending time outside um, I really enjoy it's funny you know they say opposites attract I'm about as extroverted as you get and so my you know my personal batteries are recharged spending time with people and spending time with friends my wife is the opposite she would rather you know sit on the couch and watch a, a movie and that's how she recharges. But I like to spend a lot of my time with people and active, uh, and I'm not very good at taking downtime usually. So, well, I think I you and I, time. you and I are kin in that department. That's for sure. So, again, I'm I, I am super glad that you're here, and and uh, we're gonna have some fun uh, for sure. Levi, we get to talk about one of my very favorite subjects um, as of this decade, uh, anyway, and. Uh, as it relates to fashion and that is shoes now i know imelda marcos for those that are old enough to remember who imelda marcos was but usually she can be paired by knowing that that means she had closets and closets full of shoes um i may not be quite there that but yet but i can go quite a ways without wearing the same pair that's for sure uh, shoes are probably uh, and this is um my estimation um, as a not so professional but uh, shoes are probably in the top three or four as far as key elements of an outfit for sure uh, in some cases it could be higher than that um, and I am not just talking about outfits with suits a lot sure. of times we see on our dapperly Facebook groups or other places that a lot of things are paired with with uh, suits but we can certainly um, have great looking shoes great maintained shoes that make or break an outfit when we're dressing with jeans and a sport coat or jeans and a golf shirt or whatever um, and uh, uh, I'm sure you've seen a lot of that since you are more focused on the shoe end and get a lot of requests from people how do you feel about that statement um, that I made I would agree um, I'm a car guy as well and what I've always kind of led as far as maybe bridging the gap of where people think they're just shoes. When you have a nice car, you also have to have a nice set of rims. And that's the way I view it. Now, obviously the rims are there for a performance aspect uh, and there is a utilitarian side to it. But at the other side, there's a degree of you want the rims to match the level of the car. You're not going to run around on a Ferrari on steelies, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I view shoes. And like you said, it, it really does kind of make or break. It, you could be wearing a $10,000 bespoke suit. And if you're wearing the wrong pair of shoes, the whole outfit gets cheapened. And and that's what I try to tell people is at a certain point, you can tell the quality 
of something just by looking at it, um, and then more so even by the way that you feel. Uh, the The biggest step that I made, um, of course, is in in the funeral world, I would spend probably 12 or 13 hours a day sometimes on my feet, uh, especially some of the funerals that I was doing where uh, it was televised and everything I was doing was being watched, and uh, there was no time to sit down. And one of the biggest changes I made was getting into quality footwear that actually supported me and they weren't necessarily foamy or cushiony, but they had a you know a, a cork insole that supported uh, and then lasted. I when I first started out, I was replacing shoes every six months, and I'd go you know to the mall or to a squire shop or something like that, and I'd spend 150, 200 bucks on a pair of shoes that I would have to replace them in six months. And then when I finally stepped up, I, I think most people, at least Americans, the first step is Allen Edmonds. Uh, as soon as I made that jump. I noticed the difference. And then from there, of course, as, as tastes change and grow and mature, uh, getting into bigger and m- even better brands, uh, you realize what the difference is in both the quality of the appearance, but then also the quality of the way it helps you and supports your back and supports your knees and your hips and all of the different things that it works for. But I would agree, it's it's definitely up there in level of importance when it comes to dressing right. Yeah, I, uh, I've had people in my office at my floor covering store that uh, came in as sales reps or friends that came over for lunch and I'd have them upstairs and I'd keep a shoe shine box in my desk and I'd, I'd clean their shoes for them and, you know, I'd say, Tim, you, you just cannot go to your next appointment looking like that, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it looks like you drug them behind your car on a string at a wedding. Right. And uh, unfortunately, we see that all the time. Um, and it's not to diss the person that's going through that they just don't know what they don't know and as we start to step up all aspects of our outfits you know if I go from you know buying a $15 polyester tie to a $125 seven fold really nice handmade silk tie I'm gonna treat it different you know I'm not gonna not gonna throw it in the back seat or or what have you and we do the same thing with shoes i like you i'm on my feet all day long uh up and down in and out out of my truck on job site sometimes i have to be a little careful um and i i would like to also mention that spending a lot of money on a shoe is not a hundred percent guarantee that it's going to be a comfortable shoe um i know ladies for sure can spend a lot of money on shoes and they can wear them for about three hours and they have to come off i unfortunately have had an experience like that as well um where the shoes weren't so comfortable but you know you can have different inserts put in you can use uh, your own inserts and everything else but the whole thing is is i want to be comfortable so comfortability and utilitarian aspects of the mechanics of the shoe, we're not going to get into all that here, but sure. um, the next thing is appearance. And one of the things that fascinated me uh, about you when I first met you um, was, I'm going to let you talk about it, but the appearance of the shoe was unlike anything I'd ever seen. I've seen shiny shoes before. I try to get mine shiny. I like, it's hard to, you know, sometimes polish, or at least my my thoughts were that way prior to meeting you, you know, because you can't stand in front of yourself to to get on it with that polishing cloth. Um, But until I met you, I'd never seen what a mirror shine really was. And it I think it far exceeds even military shine. Um, but 
it is one of those things that raises the bar so high friends have to boost you up just to get up to it i mean and i'm i'm not really kidding about that it really takes yeah. it to another level the other side of it that i'll let you talk about is for me it's we just talked about cost and you can spend i would say 250 is kind of on the low end you know a, a paul parkman shoe for example which is a very popular shoe there they start around three and a quarter 350 somewhere in there and you can go up to maybe not with paul's but with other shoes to fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars a shoe and that's discretion of your budget etc but if i'm going to spend that kind of money like the car reference i want to take care of them right um so this is where I'm going to kind of uh, release the hound, so to speak, and allow you to share a little bit about what you do, how you got into it, where did it start. And we can't show people, but but you can talk about your website because people can go and watch videos and see this done, and it's pretty amazing. So take it away with Levi's Shine. Sure. So as you know, I, I specialize in what I refer to as a glass toe mirror shine. Uh, the reason for that, it's not really to have a fun fun term, but really to appreciate the fact that it's a set-apart thing. Uh, mirror shine is something that's used very loosely, and uh, as you're aware, I mean, you're on Instagram and you're on social media, and that's something that gets hashtagged quite a bit. And to your point, I would say that the level at which I take it is not something that most people are taking a shine to. Um, and, and the reason that came out is my wife actually said that one time when she was, saw me working on a pair of shoes, she said, it looks like there's glass on the toe. Hmm. And that kind of became the thing of, I would tell people, it's a call, I call it a glass toe mirror shine. And the truth of that is, is like you said, it sets the bar to a, a very high standard and it's not something that most people, while it's not a hard thing or complicated thing, uh, it, it is something that takes time and it takes practice to accomplish. But the truth of it is, and this is what I tell people all the time, is it's not always the most attainable, nor is it the most uh, manageable to uh, maintain. And I tell a lot of people, uh, I have a lot of friends and family that like to give me a hard time for my shoes, and most of them could tell you that my day-to-day -day shoes are not kept to that degree. Uh, it's, it's high maintenance, and it doesn't really need to be the day-to-day -day. and people try to you know they ask me all the time well do you judge people based on their shoes and I said well no I don't as long as they're clean and like you kind of referenced is some people um, the shoes look like they've been dragged behind a car and that's where it's not a judgment thing it usually it's just a lack of understanding um, but that's where I try to come in and that's something I've actually been working on is trying to help people through my social media uh, through YouTube through Instagram is just basic shoe care now it doesn't get the views and it doesn't get the the popularity of some of those crazy mirror shines and uh, you know being able to see my neighbor's tree across the yard in the reflection of the shoe but uh, <laughs> one of the one of the coolest things is and as I've been producing some of these videos and trying to change focus a little bit is being able to help people that they just don't know where to start and that was kind of where I started with this so, of course, you know, I was working in a very kind of white-collar environment. Uh, but my grandfather, my mom's dad, he was military. And he was really big into cowboy boots. And he had exotics and he had all kinds of crazy boots. And I remember as a kid, uh, before he passed, he would sit in the living room 
you know, while we're watching cartoons or whatever, and he'd work on his boots. And his was you know, old school. It was mink oil, and it was, I mean, that was about it. He was just worried about keeping them from drying and cracking out, all those things. And that's where it started. And then when, when he passed, um, it was right when I was starting to get into uh, funeral service. And I got his shoeshine box, which at the time was just, it was my grandpa's shoeshine box, and I wasn't at the point yet, 15, I wasn't worried about that. Um, and then as I grew and I began need, learning to take care of my own stuff, uh, it's a little different when I'm the one spending $200 on a pair of shoes versus my parents spending $200 on a pair of shoes. Um, started learning how to take care of some things in a different way, and I remembered being able to watch my grandpa and helping him brush his boots. And it kind of grew from there to then I saw something. I saw a Japanese shoe shiner on, I think it was Instagram, producing shines that were just phenomenal. I mean, shines that I'd never seen ever, I didn't think were possible. And that piqued my interest. And then I started, I started watching YouTube videos. I started asking people questions. I messaged anybody that would listen just to give me some information on how they produce a shine like that. Um, and then that's about the time when I was moving to North Carolina and I started flipping shoes. I wanted to practice uh, to, to become better at shining and to become better at understanding the way leather reacts to different chemicals and to different products. And rather than you know, possibly ruining my own shoes, I would go to Goodwill or thrift stores and I'd buy a pair of shoes for 4 or $5 and I'd play with them. Well, then I learned that there's a resale, a resale market for that and uh, began working on that and that's where I got my practice is I lived alone uh, in a new town by myself and if I was at home again I can't sit still I was working on shoes I was you know stripping them dyeing them shining them and the whole idea of in order to master something you have to spend 10,000 hours on it I spent I spent my hours doing it and it just became something that I enjoyed and just wanted to know how to do for myself and got to the point where I could produce a pretty solid shine for myself. I would do it for friends and family. And then it got to the point where uh, some of my friends said, this is something that you should offer. Uh, you know, they were in professional fields and they were sending me their shoes to take care of for them once a quarter or once every six months. And, um, I did a lot of my buddies' weddings. You know, I would shine their shoes before the wedding or something like that. And so in the winter of 2021, I, I began offering mail-in shoe shine. I started an Instagram page and it was slow at first and it picked up and it's really gotten to the point where it's it's really exciting. Um, it's not necessarily the most lucrative yet and I've got plenty of other things to keep my time but it is cool to be able to try to help people and I do a lot of special events. It's kind of like getting to be a part of some really cool moments for the guy side. Uh, it seems like weddings and anniversaries and all those it's it's very heavy for the for the the female side of things, you know, the special dresses, the special shoes. And it's cool to be able to be on the other side where something's so simple, but it sets them apart. Uh, and now it's gotten to the point where I'm able to do patina projects. I'm working with a couple of brands on some, like, group-made orders. And it's just really picked up, and it's been really exciting to see. Uh, like I said, it's been really fun to get to help people with some of those basic shoe care videos because not everybody is able to sit with their grandpa on the living room floor and learn how to take care of their boots or their shoes or take care of leather. And so it's been fun being able to do that and help people along the way too. Well, I, you know, 
It could, we could probably have a four-hour talk about it. I realize that there's a lot of different aspects to it, but I, I think the message that I'm hearing so far um, is just that it's really important. And uh, it's not just a vanity thing. Um, it, it's a... It's a uh, it's a part of fashion, just like suits, just like shirts, just like, you know, you're not going to take a $150, you know, really nice dress shirt and throw it in the washing machine. You're not going to do that. You're not going to wash your suits in the washing machine. I know there's suits out there that you can do it. I still wouldn't. Um, you know, I, th I see those dress shirts that say non-iron, um, but then there's a permanent press setting on the iron. I th there's some sort of a disconnect there. Right. Um, but um, as I uh, have gotten to know you a little bit and watched your craft, as I would call it, um, like any other artist, um, it's made me think I've got to... I've got to be more intentional about the type of shoe that I buy. Um, does the quality of the shoe um, indicate the ability of care that is possible? And are there some shoes, obviously, that just doesn't matter what you do to them other than keep it clean, you can't do what you're doing? Yeah, I would say, of course, the. the leather material, I mean obviously there's different levels between suede and a smooth leather. Uh, if we're just talking smooth leather shoes, which is kind of where I assume we're going, I would say at this point uh, there's not a smooth leather that I couldn't produce a mirror shine on. I've worked on just about anything as far as spectrum. Uh, you know, I've worked on, I've produced mirror shines on shoes that people purchase from Walmart and I've produced mirror shines on shoes that were $3,500 completely bespoke and have never been touched by anything other than the highest quality materials. There is something to be said for the $3,500 pair of shoes were a lot easier to produce that shine. Uh, you know, the pores of the leather are smaller, which means that they're not, they're not breaking and they're not creasing and they're able to absorb. And it, you can get into the nerdy side of the science of the leather, but there definitely is something to be said for the quality. Um, not to, I'm not saying this, in a, in a negative way, I own some shoes, but uh, so Beckett Simon, and they're a, a big brand now, uh, the direct consumer type of business model, and I've got a few pairs from them, and their shoes are harder to produce a mirror shine on. But what they're doing is they're just using a lower grade cut of leather to produce the uppers of the shoe, and they're fine. I mean, they look great, and like I said, I've got, I'm actually wearing a pair of their loafers right now, and they're totally great for day to day. But they're just not, they don't react the same to, to the polish and to the, to the processes, would say, uh, a higher-end brand. Even something like a TLB Mallorca or a Carmina or even Allen Edmonds. Um, and you can get started on the whole drop of quality from them. But it just, there are, there's reasons for the price breaks. I would say at a certain point... Uh, Beyond $1,500, I think at a certain point you're just paying for exclusivity. Uh, there are some really talented shoemakers that I am personal friends of that do complete bespoke shoes for $1,200, and they're using the highest, the highest quality materials out there. They are artists of their craft in every way. Uh, they're just not as big, big of a name as some people. And so I would say at a certain point you are paying for the name or you're paying for the exclusivity of who you're working with. But 
inside of reasonable amounts there is a difference in what you're paying for and you're not just usually paying for brand but you are paying for the quality of the materials and that makes a difference um, like you said going back to the cars I have a 1989 Ford F-150 that I love to death but it gets beat I mean it's a truck and I, I use it differently than we use my wife's Audi SUV they're just two different things and so the same thing with the shoes, um, I'm wearing a pair of Beckett Simon and loafers today because I knew I was going to be running around and doing things that I wouldn't want to do in a pair of, you know, my Antonio Macriellos and damage something that's worth more. And that's where, even like you said, it doesn't always mean suits, but there is an appropriateness to your footwear. There's a time where tennis shoes are appropriate. There's a time when a bespoke pair of black cap toe Oxfords are appropriate. And it just comes down to what the purpose of the shoe is and then your care kind of branches from there. Uh, hmm. I have shoes that stay mirror shined on the shelf and they come out when I need them and I have other shoes that they get conditioned and brushed and they just keep going until I have to have them resold or thrown away. So yeah, I would yeah. say there's a, there's a value to that. And a life cycle for everything, obviously. Mm -hmm. I, I remember um, uh, we're going to talk about, and I'll have you make a recommendation of shoe care products that you prefer as you do on your website, on your different social media. Uh, but I remember the first time I decided, all right, I'm going to order all new stuff. I've been a Kiwi guy for <laughs> forever because I didn't know any hey, better. That's where I started, too. You know, yeah. and... Yeah. and uh, uh, love it or like it, at least it kept the uh, scuffs, scuffs off and it kept the color consistent and no rubbed out marks and all that kind of stuff. But I remember when I got the first order of Sapphire and I started going to it and I showed on one of our dapper sites that you and I are part of. And I remember your friend, do you remember what you said to me? Fill those pores, Bill. Fill those <laughs> pores. I remember that. And, and it was so important that that happened because th then it clicked. I realized what that was all about and that were, I mean, you're not going to get a mere shine on a textural shoe. I mean, I, I'm in the flooring business and that's about transferring of texture underneath something um, can affect what it looks like on top. And of course, that's exactly the same situation. Uh, you spend a lot more time and money on the prep than you do the actual installation. And I think, uh, I think with shoes, that's the same way. What, uh, um, oh, before before we go into that, I wanted to ask a question when you were talking about the care and longevity. I've heard that it's probably best, especially with a really nice pair of leather shoes, to not wear them every single day, but to give a little break in between to allow them to breathe. Could talk about that a little bit? Yeah, and actually, I just had this conversation with somebody on Sunday. So people ask me all the time, what is the most important aspect to shoe care? And they're expecting... You know, they're expecting conditioner or pigmented cream or polish or brush or something. And I always come back to the most basic and most important thing you can do for your shoes is shoe trees and resting. Um, and again, this is kind of getting into the nerdy side of leather. But when you think about what your leather shoes are doing and the fact that leather is ultimately a type of skin and then due to that is, is something that absorbs. Uh, when you're wearing a pair of shoes, especially when you wear them all day, the sweat that's coming out of your feet is a type of moisture that has salt in it. And then the leather is absorbing that all day. And that salt and that moisture with the leather will begin breaking down the proteins of the leather. If you don't utilize a shoe tree, those creases, and creases are unavoidable, but those creases begin to set. 
and they'll become deeper and more permanent because there's that shoe tree's not kind of pushing that leather to straighten back out. And so what happens is those creases become deeper and deeper and the proteins of the leather begin breaking down. And that's what leads to premature cracking, splitting, um, and just frankly leather drying out. Beyond that, the shoe tree is able to go inside the shoe and it's able to absorb that moisture so it's not sitting on the leather. To then extend the issue, if you wear the shoe repeatedly day after day after day after day, that leather is not getting a chance to kind of reset. Um, and that moisture is just going to sit there and it'll break down the proteins. Uh, you see it quicker on a pair of shoes on like a leather sole if you wear it every day. It's not able to then harden back up. But you'll notice it, and that doesn't that doesn't matter the type of leather. You can do that to a grained leather, you can do it to a suede leather, you can do it to a smooth leather. They'll all break down faster without giving that rest and time for the really the the leather to dry out. I am so glad I asked that question because that makes sense, and I never thought about. I mean, I know leather is a skin, obviously, mm -hmm. but I never thought of it as basically a living organism, um, and it's treated the same way that in many cases we do with our own skin and uh, that really makes sense you were I, I've used shoe trees in the past but never to the extent of I won't buy a pair of shoes whereby I don't have a shoe tree available for them and I took your recommendation from your site and I started ordering cases of them um, and I love them I don't even have to worry about left and right so uh, it, it works very well but um, all my shoes look good all the time, um, even when I still have to polish them. So um, great, great point um, on that. And now that I asked that question, uh, it distracted me from uh, where we were going. Um, but tell us, um, and, and again, I want to tell the listener that you can go to his site and uh, different sites and watch this take place. I think visual is absolutely key beyond what we're just talking about. But the idea of um, where I wanted to go was when you set out to polish a pair of shoes, and obviously you're very proficient at it. If I'm starting, it's going to take me longer. To get that mirror shine start to finish on an average, you know, it's not totally worn and you have to redo the whole thing, but mm -hmm. just generically. What kind of time do you invest in a pair of shoes to make them look the way that you want them to look? So for me, if I'm getting a pair of shoes uh, that are in relatively good condition and all they're coming to me for is a mirror shine. Um, every time that I get a pair of shoes, I don't know the background of them. So I do a quick wipe down with rubbing alcohol, and what that does is it cleans the, it cleans the polish out of the pores and opens the pores of the leather back up. I do a quick round of conditioner and then I do a quick round of pigmented cream just to fill any, like those scuff marks or anything like that. The mirror shine process alone uh, for a pair of shoes takes me anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half. But like you said, this is something that I've been doing now for quite a long time and I do it daily. When I first started, I would say the first time that I ever accomplished a shine that I would be comfortable saying that it was a mirror shine took me about four hours. Hmm. Wow. Uh, what I, what I tell people, especially if you're just getting into it, is understand the fact that there is a science to it. The mixture of water and solvent and wax is the biggest thing, and eventually you get to the point where you can... It's, it's all about feel. Um, and it's just like anything else. It's almost just um, muscle memory. But 
the biggest thing for people, especially when they're starting out, to remember is to push it to a point when you start getting frustrated, put it up, and then come back to it again the next day. Because uh, at a certain point, if you're using too much water, the leather is going to get wet and then it can't shine. If you're using too much wax, the solvents are going to be too heavy and all you're going to be doing is, is pulling all the wax off that you're putting on. Um, and it just gets to the point where it feels like you're, you're never getting anywhere. Uh, if you let it sit for a day, the waxes are able to sit and harden. Um, the shoe's able to kind of reset and you can come back tomorrow and begin building again on those layers. Any of the shines that I post on my Instagram or on Facebook that are, you know, the shines that are just insane. Uh, those are those are a two-day shine. I, I sit for about 45 minutes and I build the foundational layers and I get to a point where I would say it's probably about a high shine. And then the next day after those waxes have hardened, I come back and I spend another 15 minutes to a half hour and I get it to the point where it needs to be and what people are paying me to do. But the best thing to do for people starting out is to not get frustrated by it. It's one of those processes that is really, really simple, and it's just kind of rinse and repeat. It's just learning. It's just getting down the, the right mixtures and getting the right process down. Uh, enjoy it. I learned watching TV, uh, just something to keep my hands busy, but it wasn't, I, it wasn't my focus. I was enjoying TV or music or I did it outside if the weather was nice. It was just something that you have to put the practice in, and there's no, there's no shortcuts for it unfortunately i do i do it that way too i'll plug in and make a, a um put on a movie when i'm doing stuff mm -hmm. like that i make a lot of bracelets and things like that and usually i'll just do it in front of a movie it's kind of mindless after a while you get used to doing it you know where you're going and how long everything is and so forth mm -hmm. um so a couple things one you talked about so if i'm an invest if i'm listening and it's like gosh if i'm gonna invest a couple of hours and you know making um, getting the shine that I want. Let's say I attain this glass finish mirror shine. Um, and it takes however long, but at least I've tackled it and I know I'm going to get better. Mm -hmm. How long before I have to do maintenance does that shine stay? Is it throughout the day? Is it three or four wearings? And lastly, if I get just a little scuff on that shine, can I just touch it up and I'm good, or do I start over? Those are good questions. So I will answer, with the mirror shine, what you're doing is you're usually anywhere from 70 to 100 layers of wax. And so that's also the term glass is very appropriate because I have a video where I take a small hammer and I tap the toe of a one of those mirror shines and it just shatters. I mean looks like a windshield of a car just spider cracks everywhere and so what you're doing is you're building up those waxes I had a client that I shined a pair of shoes for him he wore them once a week for a year and after a year the shine was still decent but he works white collar he has a driver he so he's not walking he's not walking you know if he is walking it's in inside or it's in a back of a limo and he's not, you know, he's not walking through grass. He's not walking the streets of Manhattan. He's not doing all of these things that some people do. Gosh, uh, I'm really close on that description. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but some, you know, like you said, you have work sites. Um, for me, the bane of my existence uh, with shoe care was grave sites. 
you get out into a cemetery, especially in the winter, you have snow, you have ice, you got rain. There's nothing worse for a pair of leather shoes than a combination of ice and salt. I mean, it just wrecks leather shoes. Um, and so there were, there was a time where again I, I got to the point where I had a pair of shoes. Um, they were polished, uh, polished grain or you know cobbler grade leather or whatever corrected grain, or whatever term uh, you want to use that were bulletproof. And so before I'd go out in the winter, I would change into those shoes and I kept them looking decent, but they weren't the same. They weren't mere shine and all of that. Um, but on the inverse, uh, like my dad, I give him a hard time because I'll do mere shines for him sometimes for bigger events and things. And he can't keep a mere shine. Um, it, you know, if he, it's getting in the car and he bumps his, he, you know, gouges his toe across the, the clutch and the, the the shine is you know cracked or gouged or whatever and i tell him i said i'd rather you gouge the the layers of wax and the leather of the shoe um so it really depends most of my shoes at this point um i don't have quite the rotation that sounds like you do um, but most of my shoes and i've i'm accustomed to it and everything else i would say my shoes i get about two or three months of wear before i'm taking it back down um, and shining it again, and that's just to try to stay up on conditioning. If I, as far as what you said of getting a nick and then trying to maintain that, it is very possible because the nice thing about wax is it can be melted down. And so there's a process, you know, if you you spend, you know, five hours to get this beautiful mirror shine on a pair of shoes, and then you get ready and you're getting ready to walk out the door and the dog walks over your shoes. Been there, done that. It's the most frustrating thing because then your shoes, you know, they've got paw prints or nail prints or whatever um you can take a hair dryer you can take a heat gun and you can lightly melt that and those cracks will just disappear and then it'll get all foggy and then you take your shoe shine cloth a little bit of water a little bit of wax and in 10 or 15 minutes you can bring that shine back up because the wax is still there um and that's that's a really cool thing as long as you're staying on top of it now you know if you get water if you're out in the rain and they get water under the wax the wax needs to come off so the leather can dry because uh, then you'll start to get uh, mold or rotting in the leather, and that's a whole other situation. But, um, and that's the other thing is if you do a mirror shine and you have to take everything off, eventually you'll have to take all that wax off to get conditioner back in the leather. Um, don't use chemicals. There's a lot of brands that sell a lot of chemicals to remove wax. Uh, the best thing and the safest thing for your shoes is to use heat, um, and especially a softer heat, especially if you're new to it. Uh, I started using my wife's blow dryer, and what that does is it allows you. And even now, I use a I use a heat gun because I I need to be faster with what I'm doing. Uh, you heat the wax up, and you take a paper towel, and you wipe it off, and it all comes off. And then you have fresh, clean leather, and you can start. That's where I then do uh, a quick rubbing alcohol over the whole shoe with a paper towel, pulls any of the remnant polish out of the leather. So it gives you a clean way to start, and then you can start with conditioner and work through your process. Wow. Um, you know, that, that, that just like, oh, okay, knowing that information, knowing I can get a month, two months, I mean, which seems like a long time, or even three months, depending upon how often you wear them. Um, hey, no big deal. I, that's worth the investment of time. And for somebody just starting out, because a lot of people starting to listen to the podcast are people that are just starting to look at dressing up better again. You know, we're, we're far enough post-COVID that 
sweatpants and slippers are not necessarily dress clothes anymore. Um, and let's say we go out and help them find a couple of pairs of shoes, a nice pair of black cap toes, and, uh, which I would imagine polish very nicely, um, mm -hmm. and maybe a, a pair of brown monks. And that's what they're going to use to get their base started because they've got other things that they need to, to buy. They can rotate those things in almost every other day or two days on, two days off. Um, any input on that as far as uh, longevity of shoes when it's a limited outfit? Yeah, so you're talking like two pairs of shoes, like yeah. the, what they're looking for? Yeah. So that was my life for a long time. Um, and just do, uh, like you said, you're starting out and it gets expensive quick. Uh, I had two pairs of Allen Edmonds and one pair was a gift for uh, a gift for when I graduated college and the other pair was a pair that I found at Goodwill. They had a great upper and I spent 125 bucks to have them resold. And I rotated those two every other day. I mean, that's all I had as far as quality footwear at the time. And I got a year and a half out of both of those on the soles. Uh, and then I, I still have both of those shoes and that was six years ago that I got those. Um, so, and they're still going strong. I mean, I wear them regularly. The one pair is on its, they're both on their second soles that I've paid for. Um, and then of course, as your collection grows, you'll, you'll get to the point where you'll never wear a pair of shoes out because they're resting and you wear them for a day and they go back on the shelf and you wear them again in three weeks. Um, what I try to tell people is the best, the best number, uh, if you can afford it, is to have three good pairs of shoes because that means that you can wear it and, there's, uh, and then it rests for at least two days. Um, if you have a rotation of three shoes, you know, a brown and a black and a oxblood or brown and a black and a loafer or something of whatever the combo is and whatever makes the most sense for your lifestyle, you'll never have to replace them. Uh, the average person wearing those types of shoes the way that they get worn uh, they'll last I would say easily three years before you're looking at having to replace them or even resole them as long as you're taking care of them uh, shoe trees conditioner all of those things but that would be my 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 experience at least well, that's that's awesome, and I mean, again, this is a subject I could I could talk about a lot, and time is time goes so quickly, and mm -hmm. we got to start wrapping up. Um, you know, taking care of things makes absolutely the most sense, and you've done a great job in the short time that we've had to just go from basics to why we're doing what we're doing. Um, in my industry, my full-time industry, 80% of the claims that are turned in for flooring are lack of maintenance. And I'd say that that's probably very similar in this case. If they say, well, gosh, I threw my shoes out after six months, well, it's because you never did anything to them. They're not designed to do that. Everything is designed to be maintained. Um, there's nothing maintenance-free as much as everybody wants that uh, to be. But um, you've, you've hit all the main points already of the things that I wanted to make sure at least um, that we covered. And this is such an important topic. And if anyone is serious about how they look, they have to do the things we have talked about today. Um, 
I am all about directing my listeners to my guests and their areas of expertise as much as possible. I'd like you to please take the tips that Levi had to share today and that he has to share on YouTube and Instagram. I think Instagram's probably your, your primary go-to. It is. Um, yep. And uh, so you can uh, find him there at um, LeShoeGuy, at L-E-S-H-O-E Guy, G-U-Y, great place to find and follow him um and uh his website uh com, and that'll also take you to the other links uh be sure to follow him on his social media sites and um go in and interact with them and and you'll learn twice as much as we got to learn today thank you again um levi for joining us and sharing your wisdom and enthusiasm for your craft way more in-depth than I thought uh, that it would be, but it just Hopefully points towards far. your professionalism. Oh, absolutely sure. not. I, I love people that one of the things that gets in the good always gets in the way of great, and good enough is just that, good enough, and but it's not great. And what you've explained, how you do it, you pull it off. There's nothing else I can add to this shoe. And one of the things I was going to say that I forgot, when we're on Dapper Sites and we can post an outfit of the day, an entire outfit, it's a great custom suit, $125 shirt, $125 tie, a great setting, and the comments are, God, I love your shoes. And, you know, that's the thing they notice right. because they're, they're different and they look better and it sets the whole mood of the outfit. And then they, their eyeballs start going up and they start, uh, they start seeing things differently. Have you noticed the same thing? Yeah, and there's even, I mean, there's sciences behind that, that uh, the first thing that we do as humans is we do a quick up-down. And uh, I think that's, that's the big thing, right, is your eyes are drawn um, to the foundation of things and that's what the shoes are for us in any way that we're doing it is the shoes are the foundation so they make or break um, like I said you can have the best outfit like you just said you can have the most expensive taste in the world and if those aren't doing what they're supposed to do it it just drags that focus away from what you should be Absolutely. Yep, awesome point. Great content. Thank you so much for uh, directing. And it just fits right into the focus of what uh, the Fashion Guru Podcast is all about. My main focus on the Fashion Guru Podcast is to call men of all ages to a new level of how you dress and present yourselves. Endless resources are at your fingertips for free uh, to be able to take your craft to the next level. Focus number two is to celebrate all that my friends and strategic partners are doing in the fashion and related industries. Most are directly or indirectly influencing the industry to the good, and I want you to support their businesses and social media pages. I always say I'd much rather do business with a trusted advisor than a complete stranger, and that still holds true today. Now you have a friend in Levi Elliott, you have a friend in me, and if I don't have an answer, I'll direct you to somebody that does. If it's shoes, I'm pretty sure Levi has a lot of the answers, but his network in that industry uh, is pretty extensive already. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with me via email, you can do so by dropping me a note on Men's Style Guru BD. That's Men's Style Guru BD at gmail.com. Additionally, I would love and appreciate it if you would follow me and join in the conversation on Instagram. I am at Bill Daily Fashion Guru, and you can message me there as well. Again, please check out Levi Elliott. 
um, on Instagram at Guy or on his website, levishoeshine.com. Let's meet here again next Thursday and continue the conversation. I would also ask you to share this podcast on all of your socials. The Fashion Guru Podcast is produced and underwritten by Second Chance Productions and is recorded in Bettendorf, Iowa, USA. And remember, life is too short to wear boring clothes. So dress it up, gentlemen. Until next time, I'm out. We're good.